Hello and welcome back to another albeit belated episode of That's What People Do. I feel like we should start off straight away with an apology for for how long it has been since the last episode, but life has been incredibly busy with good reason. Um, as always, I'm here with Ryan. Ryan, please explain to the people how busy you've been and then I'll do the same. Uh, I have been very busy, but now I feel like all of a sudden I have nothing to say about how busy I've been. But that's no, I have been busy. Yeah, that's it. I have I have been busy. I, in fact, I um I started writing. It, it testament to how busy we are. I actually started writing a Halloween special episode. Wow. Um, and I have I've got maybe a page in so far and i'm just yeah. like yeah i i could not get it done i just that's had fair other things see, so i referenced halloween in this episode as well because i just thought this would be close to halloween so i think treat this is your halloween sort of episode maybe um yeah it's yeah. It's, it's, it's in the ballpark but yes i've also been busy but i feel like life is going to get less busy i was doing a job that was like 13 hour days which was hell but now i've got a brand new job which is really nice uh, i'm a writer and i get to do it all from home so that's fantastic James, you are you are the educational dream. You've gone on, you've got a, a a master's degree, and you've come straight out of education and got yourself a job, something that many uni students just don't get to do. It's been fantastic. I had three job offers in the space of two days, and I really had to pick and choose. But I went with the one that means I don't have to leave my house. So <laughs> I think I chose well. Can- well congratulations well done that's Thank fantastic you. news which should be fantastic news for the podcast listener as well because because i can't leave my house or i'm not it's not prison i can but because i won't be leaving my house i should have more time to write podcast episodes so <laughs> in theory we should start picking up again that's in theory i'm sure i'll find more excuses in the future well that's it in theory because unfortunately james what you just chose to do you chose to do a degree in something that meant you needed to write a lot yeah so it meant in your spare time you I'm didn't want to write. writing yeah <laughs> on my days off is gonna be more writing but that's okay writing's fun just strapping yourself to the laptop for a little bit having football or a film on in the background well Easy. soon we'll have the, the world cup to be in the background right this is one of my main things that when i was like took this job i was really excited because i get to do it from home so i can just have the world cup on in the background constantly that is good that is good so i'm very um, excited i feel like if the listeners will indulge us for a second, can we talk about the Qatar World Cup and what's your views and opinions on it? It's I don't want to use the word funny because it's not funny because people have died, but it, it's corrupt. FIFA got pumped full of a lot of money. And I think the one thing that's mad at the minute is that they're telling people to not focus on the politics and focus on the football. And also they're like the Qatari government are paying social media influencers and big groups of fans to go to Qatar and only like put on social media positive things and i think that says a lot when you have to force people to be positive yeah yeah um i agree uh one of our politicians our foreign minister mr james cleverly uh said that uh to all um football fans of the lgbtq plus community they should probably tone it down a bit to not offend the qatari people and it's like right okay so what you're asking people to do is just not be themselves for a couple of weeks it's it's mental i just football is for everyone and therefore a a tournament in the middle east is fine i'm not against that because football is for everyone they're not a big footballing nation and the way they got it is extraordinarily dodgy but it's just the manner of which it's happened it's kind of it's kind of mad they're about to build all these stadiums workers have died there's 
like effectively modern day slavery when you've got like countries all around europe that could host the world cup tomorrow mm. like, the infrastructure's there the stadiums are there um i think the next world cup is in america and mexico that's going to be sick they've already got the stadiums it's already there it's going to be so much fun i'm not overly keen about the time difference i don't really want to watch in a game at fucking one in the morning or 7 a.m or whatever but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it but well, I, I i watch the nfl so i'm used to it now you see i don't i think the main reason i've never gone to the nfl is because it's way past my bedtime and also <laughs> why are you doing like one play and then the game's stopping i'm one of these people that i like flow it needs to flow if it doesn't flow you've lost my interest i literally had this conversation with someone at work the other day when we're saying with foot with with british football like soccer all right um you know there's the, there is a flow to it the game just carries on going and then yeah. you add time at the end whereas obviously with the nfl totally different sport you have plays and it's all about tactics and who runs where at this time and it's just ah oh, i like it i like I'm, it every- I'm, I'm not much of a tactician i just like the passion of the game and it, <laughs> i don't know i'll watch the super bowl occasionally but no the nfl is not for me i'm afraid nor is baseball in fact, North basketball, what, American sports don't do it for me. I'm with you on the majority of American sports. Sorry. Um, although, to be fair, fairly recently, thank you very much. Um, I apologize, I forget the name. Um, but we, we had a, a donation to the show on our Kofi page, which if you would like to do, you're more than welcome to do so. Um, but one of their big comments was like, I love how you just rip into Americans. And this person was from America. Yeah, fair. Your sports are shit says this but then we have cricket so if you said that about cricket yeah fair cricket shit as well everyone's got shit. shit sports haven't they i just like football i'm very basic i'm a i'm a man's man yeah um okay right so something else that's quite topical and i briefly asked you about it i think it was yesterday um twitter how oh, yeah. are you with the whole twitter thing i i think the whole thing's just batshit crazy um elon musk is on some sort of power trip from what i can see is is sort of just jacking himself off and being very self-indulgent but then in like his, the, in his kitchen sink that he brought yeah it's just it's it's definitely doing it for himself the whole paying eight dollars for a blue tick like i don't i don't care that's fine if you want to pay for a blue tick go for it and the one issue for me is identity what's stopping me from just naming my account i don't know pick someone random boris johnson for example and then sticking a blue tick next to it and then tweeting some wild shit that he would never say then people are going to be like oh boris johnson's saying this People are going to get mm. misled. Like Elon Musk is going against fake news. That's his whole thing. And yet he's creating a way in which fake news can be stirred up a lot quicker. Yes. Yeah, so that that has been the only argument against the blue tick thing that I have found. Um, the, I think the, it's only the only one that I am agreeing with. It's the only reasonable one. Like I, if, I, I don't care about paying for it. If he wants to monetize his service, it's a private business. He's more than welcome to do that. Yeah, what I don't agree with is people saying that Elon Musk is now monetizing free speech because I don't necessarily agree with that. You can still um, use Twitter. I don't have a blue Twitter, tick, but I still fucking Twitter, tweet my opinions. Yeah, Twitter is a free platform to use. The only thing you have to pay for is now it will be your blue tick. And also, Twitter is a private company and Twitter can make its own rules. For example, I work at a go-kart track. We don't allow people to drink and drive at our establishment. That's and yet when I tell some customers that, that you can't drink whilst you're going karting, they get, the, they get upset. And they're like, what do you mean I can't have a beer? But when I'm going karting, you can drink at least two beers and then still drive. And I'm like, yes, but this is a private company and we have our own rules. It's not yeah. the same as the road. Twitter is a private company whereby you can make your own rules. It is not 
uh, it is not an open park with a box that you can just stand on and scream from the top of your lungs, whatever you'd like to do. That is free speech. This is a private company. I think Twitter has become a place where um, people have been allowed to say what they like, and therefore people have got the impression that it has become a place about free speech. But at the end of the day, it is just a company trying to make money. Yeah, I'm sure we'll see more stuff come out of it in the future. I don't know. I think it's funny watching celebrities lose their mind. Anyway, yeah, we're nearly 10 minutes in. Let's stop boring the nice people and give them what <laughs> they came for. Um, well, sorry, I have a couple of things. I need to do some homework, some like admin bits. Um, so uh, as briefly mentioned, thank you to the donations that we've received recently. Um, <clears throat> also, um, we've had quite a few people uh, heading over to the merch store, which has been really, really cool. Have we really? Um, yes, we've had a few more people like, you know, pick up some hoodies and shirts ready for the winter season coming in. Nice. Um, so thank you very much. It has meant that um, we are, I think it's about like 70% um, of the way having like in oh, terms really? of building funds for our distributor already. Well, for next uh, year. Which would not, yeah, which would normally take like Crazy. the entire year to create. And it's taken like a couple of months. So we're already like 70% of the way there. So yeah, if you are enjoying obviously what we do now three years on and you would like to continue us, uh, help us to continue doing so, you can support the show, pick up some merch, drop us a donation if you'd like to. We've got some plans and ideas that we would like to start implementing hopefully this year um mm. but a lot of these things you know cost money so you know we're, we're, we're getting there slowly but with your help we can get things done um yeah. so yeah thank you very much for all the support if you are watching this because there will be a trailer as well that because i've really been enjoying doing these trailers now that we're on <laughs> zoom i've enjoyed yeah. doing trailers of making james just go what <laughs> yeah, but now ryan's got a swanky new background but my laptop doesn't allow me to do that which is really annoying yeah, so I have a swanky background. If you are uh, watching us this way, you can see I have Don't Be a Dick, some of our new merch <laughs> in the background, as you can see, lovely right here, um, which was a recommendation through our, um, uh, what was the word, James? What's, what's the thing I'm looking for? What did we put out? A poll? A survey. A survey. Um, yes, we put out a survey. Um, so if you have any suggestions for merch that you'd like to see on a T-shirt, send us it our way we'll get something designed and we'll put it on the shirt like we've got don't be a dick on <laughs> shirts and hoodies now which is out there it's ready to go um we've got uh one person has commit I've, I've commissioned one guy to create some artwork for a suggestion that we had and i really am looking forward to seeing it so yeah i think that's me done nice for, uh, admin i just want to reference a meme i saw not a few days ago where it's about podcast bros doing a podcast and it was like minute 44 and they say, right, finally, let's jump in. And I feel like that's where we are right now. Um, yeah. We've been praised a lot in the past for not waffling, but sorry, there's a lot to talk about. It's been a while. Anyway, maybe we should do maybe we should start doing like a, um, you know, a weekly news roundup of something like what's been going on and just have our opinions. Yeah, like an informal one that would save people time. Yeah, because they've clicked on an episode called Burke and Hare. And I don't think we've even mentioned the names until just then. Anyway. Oh yeah. Shall we? Yep. Right. So happy belated Halloween. As of writing this or re uh, recording this, sorry, it is Saturday the 5th of November, which means it's also bonfire night. If you're interested in that, go listen to our Guy Fawkes episode or the gunpowder plot episode that I think we released last year. So we've kind of missed the holiday a little bit, but fuck you, we're doing it now. 
So deciding what to do for a Halloween episode is actually really tricky. And I was, I was finding it really tricky because I really wanted to do something paranormal. But then I realized that this podcast is about what people do and it has to be factual. And there's always going to be question marks over like the validity of the existence of paranormal ghosts, monsters and shit, even though that would be cool. Um, so instead, let's just cover actual events um, that are scary by humans. Because last Halloween we did Albert Fish, which Ryan did, and that was fucking horrific. So. <laughs> I wanted to take it a step further, not in terms of gore or anything like that. Um, however, this episode does feature some fucked up stuff. But by taking it further, I mean I want to cover two individuals as opposed to one. Yeah, Burke and Hare, yeah. who, I'm not going to lie, seem like one entity. So famous in Edinburgh, a city that both Ryan and I very much enjoy. Let's talk about them. But just before we start, a lot of people are going to be familiar with the film Burke and Hare featuring Simon Pegg. Uh, that's a comedy, and it kind of trivializes the events. Funny film, watch it if you get a chance. Uh, whereas the actual events are a lot more sinister and nothing like what happened in that film. So yes, let's set the scene, shall we? It's early 1800s Edinburgh, Scotland, a city with a vibrant history, but also a place where the poor struggle to survive. Crammed into small rooms, disease is rampant. Having visited Edinburgh vaults myself, it's clear the conditions in which some lived were not okay. Edinburgh, as Ryan will probably agree, is an extremely fucking hilly city. Everywhere you go, you seem to be walking uphill. And that's because the city is constructed on top of another city. They just keep building upwards. They don't knock anything down. They just build on top of it. Um, so as you walk through the old streets of Old Town, buildings and roads remain beneath you, which I think is really fucking cool. And that's left vacant for a very, very, very long time. And when I was uh, in the vaults, I was told a story of there being a fire in the city. And the poor people live below the streets um, in these extremely crowded, pitch black, damp rooms. However, when the fire was above them, the stones around them still got extremely hot and everyone inside cooked to death. So that gives you an idea of sort of how bad the conditions were at this time. But if ever you do get a chance to go to Edinburgh, definitely do it. It's probably my favourite city on, the, on earth. Um, and if you get a chance to go to Edinburgh Vaults, there's loads of companies that offer different tours of like different parts of it. Do it. It's, it's absolutely fascinating. Um, mm, yeah, it's a beautiful city, like especially when you're going around Old Town, and as as you sort of said, James, you've got like things that are built on top of one another. So you'd be walking down one street, and then all of a sudden, you sort of like you just look up, and there's the road that you were once on, and you just think, "How the fuck did I get yeah. down here? Yeah. I was on one level, and now there's something above me." And you're like, "This makes no sense." And it's all of crazy. a sudden, you're down like three stories. Yeah. But like Newtown and Old Town are parallel to each other. Newtown's really nice, where you've got your shops and your nice bars and stuff. Really, really nice. Um, but it's parallel to Old Town, because obviously disease was in Old Town, all the rich people moved to Newtown. And I saw, a, we went to the Museum of Edinburgh and we saw a map of how it was constructed. And there's a massive bridge built between the two towns. And all the way through, I was, I was walking up and down the Royal Mile, being like, where the fuck is this bridge? Like, there's a massive bridge somewhere. Where the fuck is it? And I asked one of the tour guys, and she's like, oh, you're standing on it. I was like, what do you mean? It's like, it's underneath mm. you. They just built on top of it. Like, oh. oh. So, so it's still there. It's just underground. That's so cool. But like, part, so she, took, she took us to a viaduct, and she was like, this archway here, that's part of it. But then the rest of it just disappears. It's, it's absolutely fascinating. But anyway, enough of my sponsorship for Edinburgh. <laughs> we'll talk about Burke and Hare in a little bit but yes uh, people were struggling to make ends meet crime was rampant this is where we get into the episode edinburgh was a world-leading city in terms of medical science including human anatomy 
a profession which most found to be absolutely vile, was outlawed for many years. However, however, when James IV came to the throne, he changed this and stated only those condemned to death, so criminals, could have their bodies used for medical science. These dissections were also open to public viewing for some reason because humans love fucked up stuff. Um, you know how nowadays there's sometimes a call for brutal criminals to be used for like medical tests instead of animals, like paedophiles getting vaccines tested on them and stuff? This was yeah. essentially that, but you'd kill them first, which nowadays is a no-no. Uh, in 1823, the Death Act saw crimes punishable by death drop dramatically. So, of course, there was a need for more bodies. <laughs> That's foreshadowing. Both William Burke and William Hare were Irishmen. As is the case for a lot of our episodes, very little is known about the early life of the two men. Records were hard to keep, and to be honest, until the later years, there wasn't really anything worth noting about them. Burke had two children in Ireland, but as a military man, he decided to move to Scotland to work on the Grand Canal, or the Union Canal, whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, he took a new wife called Helen McDougall. He, uh, Hare also moved to Scotland, and both men met in Edinburgh in the 1820s. They had no criminal record and no history of violence, but it seemed like the two men brought out a new side of each other. They were opportunists who weren't afraid to get their hands dirty, quite literally. So let's circle back to that medical profession. With the law in 1823, bodies for dissection were lacking. This created a trade called resurrectionists, basically body snatchers. Body snatchers would dig up bodies and then sell them to medical professionals for their work. The fresher the body, the higher the price. This was, of course, illegal. However, people didn't really get caught. And the general consensus were that body snatchers were vile. So sometimes if you were found digging up a grave, you would be set upon quite quickly. So people kind of took the law into their own hands. But one thing I should reference is selling a dead body in Edinburgh at that time in Scotland wasn't illegal because the body's not property. You can have it. It's yours to sell. The crime is digging up a grave. It, That's it the does... illegal part. It does throw up an interesting, like, moral question of being, you know, what, because arguably what they're suggesting is your body is not yourself. And once you're dead, you have no sort of say, not that you can anyway, but like you have no hold over it. Like yeah. your, your body is like a, a car and that it's only yours whilst you're driving it. Uh, you know, once you're out of it, it's free game. You can do what you like with it. I find yeah. that quite an interesting question. Yeah, and different religions will obviously have different beliefs on this. Um, you know, has some religions believe your body has to remain intact and buried, whatever, to get into the afterlife. I think at this time in Scotland, people were just people were dropping dead all over the place. It there was there wasn't any time for that. Mm. So yeah, bodies were just fair game. Uh, in a city with so much struggle, however, it was a massive source of income. Uh, you could watch a funeral take place during the day. You could be like, there's a fresh body there and come back later that night, dig it up and take it to the hospital for profit. <laughs> Hare owned a building that allowed lodgers and an old army pensioner named Donald dropped dead within this house. However, Donald died owing Hare four pounds in rent, which obviously is more in today's money. Burke and Hare considered what to do with the body before realising that they could sell it to the hospital and recover Hare's losses. However, before doing this, they had to make it look like the body had been taken care of and properly buried. Under Scottish law, however, the body was still fair game. So after filling a coffin with bark and hiding the body under the bed, which was incredibly needless because they didn't have to bury it, the body was theirs, they just did it anyway. I don't think they were very bright. 
um, mm. they had their first corpse and they went and they sold it for seven pounds and 10 shillings to Dr. Robert Knox. And the pair had a massive light bulb moment being like, well, this is fucking easy and extremely profitable. So they found a, a new profession by old Donald dropping dead in Hare's little lodging house. But one thing that bothered the two men was that waiting for people to die naturally wasn't quick enough. They wanted to make the profit immediately and took matters into their own hands. Another tenant in Hare's house was a bloke called Joseph, and he was suffering with a bad fever. Burke and Hare decided, well, he's going to die soon anyway, so what's the harm in just sort of hurrying it along a little bit? But of course, a damaged body would fetch far less money. So to get around this, they got Joseph blind drunk. And then whilst one of the men suffocated the victim, the other would sit upon his body to reduce movement. And there they had a perfectly undamaged corpse. And this method of killing would soon become known as burking. The The next victim was also a sickly lodger and they disposed of in the same manner. And the best thing about this is Dr. Knox never asked any questions. He just paid the money, took the body, and then that was that. Oh, why would he? He had absolutely no need to because it's legal. As far as he's concerned, these bodies are just, they've stumbled across them on the street. Mm, mm. Burke and Hare turned their attention to those who wouldn't be missed. Abigail Simpson was an old pensioner who they lured into the house, got her drunk, and then killed. Uh, This was a method they kept employing, and it worked. So you would find people that wouldn't be missed, and then you'd get them drunk, you'd burk them, and then take them to the to the doctor who would pay you a pretty penny and i believe the younger the corpse the higher the price and also one thing i didn't write which was really fascinating was a story of like there was this bloke i completely forgot his name and people thought he was the tallest man in the world whether he was or not i don't know but he was about seven foot tall fucking ginormous and you got more money for as they so lovingly put it freaks people that had abnormalities so when this um seven foot tall guy was ill and dying doctors literally camped outside of his house being like we want his body and it was this dude's wish to be buried at sea in a lead line coffin so they couldn't get his body however when he died one rich doctor managed to pay off the undertaker and be like fill the body uh, fill the coffin with stones or whatever and give me the body which happened and then he dissected him and this skeleton is either on display in edinburgh or in london at the anatomy museum i forget which but you can still go see this guy's skeleton there's a big call at the wow. minute for him to be buried at sea as per his wishes before he fucking got robbed yeah, yeah. i mean as, as, as a gesture of goodwill i suppose it would be nice to put him in the sea as he would have wanted back then at the yeah. same time it was 200 years I suppose ago it's, i suppose it's kind of like helpful to have his body somewhat maybe i don't know Oh, just, it seems weird, isn't it? The bodies were a currency. You couldn't yeah. even imagine it nowadays. So this whole like this whole story does throw up a lot of moral questions. Mm. You know, like does your, does does one's wishes when they're alive matter once you're dead? Like this guy wants to be buried at sea. Yeah, sure, but doctors are being like, yeah, but I could probably learn quite a lot about your freakish body. You well, know, this when is the thing die. nowadays, isn't it? With a uh organ donors and donating your body to medical science that sort of stuff some people are all for it others are wildly against it everyone's got different opinions i suppose we're all organ donors now yeah you have to opt out which really pissed me off because before that happened i signed up to be an organ donor and i really loved flaunting it over people being like i'm an organ donor (laughs) and now i don't get to do that anymore because everyone is 
<laughs> it's over, Anakin. I have the moral high ground. It's so annoying. But yeah, I have my body. I'm not going to need it, am I? Unless we find out the Egyptians were right, in which case we're all fucked. Well, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, I don't mind them taking my organs and whatnot, but they just can't have my eyes. And you're like, why? What's What, what are you looking at? Yeah, your eyes, your eyes are, are going to decompose very quickly as well. Very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Very strange. So when we think of murderers in the 1800s, more often than not, we're going to think of Jack the Ripper, aren't we? I know we've said this before, episodes on that is coming, I promise. It's one of those ones that every time I go to write an episode, I'm like, let's do Jack the Ripper, and then I'll hold off because we've got plans that we had mm. three years ago that we really need to fucking yeah. get on. And anyway, <laughs> um, enough about that, otherwise we'll end up talking about him. Famous for targeting prostitutes, Jack the Ripper tormented the streets of London. However, targeting women of the night wasn't just a Jack the Ripper thing. Burke and Hare wanted to step up their killings and knew it was fairly straightforward to get these women alone. You just use their services um one thing they wouldn't account for however is that these women are quite well known unlike the sick and elderly they had been targeting before people knew these prostitutes and would offer come and would often come and see them out and about so when they go missing questions get asked because they're sort of a walking business as it were mm. burke invited two women to his home named janet brown and mary patterson or mary mitchell she goes by two names Annoyed that her husband, um, because remember, he's married, had brought home two women of the night, Helen McDougall, Burke's wife, got angry and an argument ensued. This forced Janet to become uncomfortable and she left. Alone with Mary, Burke did what he set out to do and murdered her. Janet came back looking for a friend, but by this point, it was way too late. When Burke arrived at Knox's hospital with the body, suspicions were raised because some of the assistants looked at this woman and went, I fucking know her, because they had probably... <laughs> slept with her at some point yeah um and they knew her by name and burke essentially said oh i just sort of tripped over a body on the street and they were like oh yeah okay fine and they just let it go i, I love the idea that they've gone oh i know that i know her and they've gone how do you know her oh, no <laughs> <reason>. <laughs> yeah they've all used her services yeah yeah but they didn't ask any more questions they were like that's a shame mary's dead let's crack on with dissecting her they operated uh, in the same manner of which they had been accustomed, luring vulnerable, mainly young women, back to the house, getting them drunk and then burking them. However, one tale tells the story of a grandmother who travelled to the house with her grandson, who, by today's standards, had quite substantial learning difficulties. He was mentally disabled. Uh, the grandmother was killed in the usual method, but unconfirmed reports claimed that the boy, who I imagine was quite young, was lifted up above one of the gentleman's heads and then had his back broken over one of the men's knees. And suddenly what started off as a way of making money was turning into something extremely sadistic, almost like they were enjoying it. Wow, so he did a Batman with Bane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think of it as some sort of like WWE move. Yeah. But th what? to lift him above his, your head, this kid must have been young. Yeah, but it shows an interesting escalation. It does, doesn't In it? What started off as a, a money-making scheme has now quickly was... turned into murder. Like it was all murder before, but brutal murder. In, as you were, as as you've been going along, a question that has been sat in my head, and I wanted to like, I was going to bring it up at the end, but now I feel there's an appropriate time to set, ask it. Was going to be, are Burke and Hare inherently sort of like bad? And yes, because they're murdering people for profit. But like, are they? Uh, like because obviously we don't know their history or anything so like you know 
if they have a history of violence or whatever, then fairs kind of makes a lot of sense. But in terms of this, like they made a quick buck. They're now continuing to try and do that. They're murdering people, which is, I'm not, I, I don't necessarily know where I'm kind of going with this, but like they're doing something just for money to survive or whatever. I don't know. But now why all of a sudden they've gone from doing the way they normally do, because it seems you get them drunk, you suffocate them and sit on them. It seems pretty cold. It's like, they're not, it's not personal. They're not trying to, they're not doing it because they don't like you or something. It's just easy. It's a target. And now all of a sudden the way they treat this kid is so different. Yeah. Um, so there was no reports of violent crime before this whether they did in their youth or whatever is it's unknown no records are there um they're opportunists i think they had that proper light bulb moment when they first got that body if donald didn't die in the first instance i think that they probably would never have done this but they mm. needed money and also they realized that edinburgh in the 1800s was to put it quite lovingly a shithole and it was an easy way of making money it was quite lawless mm. but then yeah, things things did start to grow and they got a lot more sadistic with it. Yeah. Yeah, I just I find that such an interesting escalation that they've gone from that to being uh, quite violent toward a child. I suppose you get like almost numb to it. Yeah, but also breaking its back, like it's not likely to kill the child. Uh oh, I don't know, maybe they suffocated him afterwards. I'm not sure, but this again, this is one of them stories that people tell. There's no like record of this happening. Mm. yeah but there is another story of a uh, i don't think i wrote this one down so i'll try and remember it uh, a man called jamie wilson i think he was called daft jamie or something he was a man that roamed the streets of edinburgh and he had learning difficulties you know how every town's got that sort of one famous figure that sort of roams around and everyone knows they're kind of a bit like wacky but everyone sort of like knows them and they're a staple of the town so edinburgh had jamie and the men, for whatever reason, decided to target him because they thought, oh, he's sort of got learning difficulties. He'd be quite an easy target. But also what they didn't account for is that everyone fucking knew him. Uh, so it's where it sort of started to unravel for them. So the men, as a lot of killers do, began thinking they were invincible. Their targets started featuring more and more recognisable people from around the city. So suspicions were growing. They soon targeted Margaret Doherty. When the men set upon Margaret, there was another family of James and Anne Gray within the building. The Grays found the body of Margaret hidden and then went to the police. When the police arrived, the body had already been sold. However, they did find her bloodstained clothes because one thing the blokes liked to do was rob the bodies before they sort of sold them and keep anything worth keeping. The police took James Gray to Dr. Knox's hospital where he identified the body. The game for Burke and Hare was very quickly unravelling. After 16 murders, the pair had been arrested. However, there were no bodies, obviously, because they'd been cut up and therefore no evidence. So the police offered the men a deal. Whoever gave them all the information on all of the murders would be free from prosecution. And Hare immediately was like, yep, I'll do that, and fully dumped Burke in it and made a full confession. Burke realised what had happened and thought, oh, fuck it, and just gave his side of the story as well. So the men just mm. gave the police everything. Dr. Robert Knox, although was wi like widely disliked by the public because of what he had been doing, he sort of proclaimed his innocence by saying, oh, I don't fucking know. Like, selling me bodies is legal. However, he sort of got hounded by the public, so he did have to leave the city, which, understandable. 
He didn't actually break the law. Um, each murder was tried separately, and they focused on the three of Margaret Doherty, Jamie Wilson, who I just mentioned, and Mary Patterson, recognisable figures. Burke was on trial alongside his wife, Helen McDougall. After only an hour during the first murder trial, Burke was found guilty, and Helen McDougall was released. Um, I forget what the term was, but they were like, she didn't really have much to do with it. And Burke did they, was... did they did they assume because she's the wife, so she must know what's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And different reports claim that she did was involved. Some say that she wasn't involved. Some say that she was involved. Like the argument that they had between when the prostitutes were there, some say that was staged to try and get one of them to leave uncomfortably. Yeah. But yeah, whether she was involved or not. But again, there was no evidence that she had actually committed any form of murder, like physical mm. murder, because it was always the two blokes that sort of did this so yeah burke was sentenced to death and extremely ironically his body would be publicly dissected a fitting end for a man who profited so much off the dissection of others he was publicly hanged in 1829 and his body dissected and his skeleton has been preserved and if you do want to see a skeleton it's on display at the anatomical museum in edinburgh medical school so go and have a look. You can see the bloke's skeleton. I believe there's also a, a death mask there of him as well. Um, but the question on everyone's lips is, what the fuck happened to Hare, the man who was equally involved in all of this, and somehow the police were like, nah, you're, you're fine. It seems incredibly unfair that Burke got hit with all of the charges simply because Hare grasped on him. Well, the short answer is, we have no fucking idea what happened to him. He got off completely free, but would have wow. been protected by the police on a number of occasions as the public would have tried getting him. Um, but how did he meet his end? Again, no one knows. One of the most famous stories is that he moved to London and he died as a blind beggar. But perhaps these are stories that people of Edinburgh just tell each other to make themselves feel better. Um, he never met the full force of the law and for all we know, lived a happy, full, healthy life. We, we, we just don't know. But I remember being in, in the vaults and the, the tour guys like, this is where Burke and Hare would have operated. And this story is a lot more sinister if you have a layout of Edinburgh in your head and like how it all is. There's a lot of shadowy places. Do you mm. know what I mean? There's a, there's a lot of alleyways. There's a lot of shadowy places. There's a lot of bridges you can hide under. And it's I just easy to get lost. 100%. If you wanted to commit a murder, Ed, I'm, I'm not, okay, I'm going to rephrase this. <laughs> don't commit a murder if it, it there's if there was a place to do it yeah edinburgh would be one of those places because there is a lot of hidey holes mm. and it just it creeps me out thinking about these men lurking in the shadows sort of selecting their victims it does have jack the ripper vibes yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. you know like they've probably been sat down in the pub and they're like discussing someone that they've seen recently and they just think ah no one's probably going to miss them, but they just yeah. don't really know who anyone is. And then yeah. you might end up getting his and killing Darth Jamie and everything. Ah, oh, shit, actually. Like, everyone does know who Darth Jamie was. Yeah. they. I don't think them blokes were that bright. No. Because they should have just carried on killing old people who wouldn't be missed. Yeah. Because they, they were yeah. fine up until that point. I find it crazy, though, that hair gets... that hair gets out scot-free because, like... Although... Although the police were like, oh, whoever rats out on the other one, the other one will go free. Like, surely that should be a lie. Because at the end of the day, hey, yes, you were involved and you did kill everyone. Why should you get off scot-free as well? Like, you shouldn't just get off free. He either goes to prison or just 
it's a lie. We're it was something to do with the king. There, there was a there's a correct there's an actual term for it, and I forget. It's king something, and you get given like a, a document signed by the king, being like, "We promise we will not prosecute you if you give us all the information." Yeah, oh, I don't like that. It's because there was no evidence that the police had no evidence, so they needed them to come forward and confess. Whereas if both blokes, I think, just all the way through were like, "No, we have no idea what you're on about," maybe they would have got away with it. Well, that's the thing. I wonder whether they, how much they actually knew in terms of like what the police had, because, yeah. like you say, no body, no crime, as the sort of the saying goes. Mm. You can't prove that they did kill them. No, there's absolutely no proof of it. People disappeared and they were top suspects, but at no point could they be accused of murder because the bodies are gone. And yeah, and I suppose like the doctor, Doctor Knox doesn't know the identity of a lot of these people like he could just claim ignorance as well and be like no i don't know who they are they're just bodies as far as i'm concerned so like yeah maybe they could have got away with that completely yeah they could have but burke didn't bless him um his skin was used different medical students sort of took little bits of his skin as keepsakes um some of it was bind used to bind a pocketbook amongst other things so at least they got full use out of the animal. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's a fucking wild time to be alive, this. Uh, I yeah. actually visited an antique store in Scotland, and they claimed to have a copy of his death mask, but I, I don't believe it. Yeah. That's mad. It shows as well that, you know, sorry if anyone here is in the medical world, but you guys are freaks, man. Like, you're into some weird shit. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like Jeffrey Dahmer, but legal. Well, no, we had that with, um, do you remember H.H. H. Holmes? And he, he, yeah, he yeah, took yeah. home a bloody fetus, like a, a baby uh, corpse. And yeah, he's when got I was it under um, his bed. researching this episode, a lot of H.H. H. Holmes stuff kept coming up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, listen, I get what you're trying to do. I get what you're trying to do. You want to help humans and like, you want to understand how they tick and whatnot. But, uh, right, this would be, this would be an interesting one. Um, psychopaths, right? In like, if there's this um, list of uh, professions that psychopaths tend to take up the yeah, most, yeah, yeah. and up the top is like CEOs of companies. Mm-hmm. Then there's like um, politicians, and then there's um, like surgeons, mm. because like it requires a certain part of your brain to not really be with it to like actually put a metal scalpel in someone's skin and open them up and not with really a give a shit hand about as it. You do it. Yeah, like really just not care about the whole thing. Um, I find that interesting and fascinating at the same time that, you know, half of the surgeons, if you've ever had surgery, chances are they are a bona fide psychopath. As long as they're doing me well, they can carry on. But no, it is. I can never do it. One, I don't have the hand for it. And two, I just don't think I could plunge a knife into another. Well, not only just plunging a knife in, they're absolutely fine with sticking their hands inside your torso and just having a little route around and then yep. like going for lunch afterwards at like Wagamama's. They're absolutely yeah. fine with this. Godspeed to you all. Godspeed. So, did the law change about selling bodies? Yes, but not immediately. A group known as the London Burkers took inspiration from Birkenhair and carried out the same crimes only a couple of years later. Thomas Williams, John Bishop, James May, and Michael Shields, John Bishop and James May, I found really funny because those are two kind of yeah. famous people in England, um, operated around Bethnal Green in London. Being extremely poor, uh, they began body snatching to sell on to doctors. When they murdered 14-year-old Italian boy, Carlo Ferrier, there were questions at the hospital on how the fuck they got a body of a young boy so fresh. 
uh, and they simply responded that it wasn't any of their business. Only May and Bishop delivered this body, so they were arrested. Their property was searched, and the remaining two men arrested after finding missing items of clothing from other victims. Their method of killing was a bit more sinister than burking. They didn't really suffocate them. What they would do is they would hang the victim upside down in a well and drown them. Uh, Bishop and Williams took the brunt of, brunt of the punishment while May and Shields were let off as sort of delivery men. Bishop and Williams were hung outside Newgate Prison and once again had their bodies dissected for medical science, which I think is really funny. Uh, in the year following the London Burkers trial, the Anatomy Act of 1832 was released and it gave doctors greater legal access to bodies, which had to be donated to medical science. And this effectively put an end to all profiteering on body snatchers and the business itself was over. Yeah. Nah. yeah. I, um, I believe this to be a fact, right? If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I believe this to be a fact. How often times have you been around a grave, a graveyard, and you know you see headstones everywhere, or whatever? But mm. sometimes, especially some in the cities that you find, like now and then, like in London, full of loads of graveyards everywhere, you come across some graves that have got um like iron fences around them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of them have even got cages over them, right, with locks and padlocks and everything like that. Apparently, those locks and padlocks became a thing during this era because mm. of body snatchers. Crazy, and people were terrified of having their body taken out of their grave and being sold and dissected that they they put those cages and fences around them to try and stop people doing that yeah it's mad that I find that such a fantastic, yeah that you have to take these precautions i find that such a fascinating thing and now like you know if i'm you know you're casually walking through london or something and you just come across a, a graveyard and you're sort of walking through and you'll see some of these and you just think huh that prob that person was probably shit scared of their body being taken and they probably have money as well to be able to afford these yes yeah because yeah. easy ones would have just been you know pauper's graves you know just recently just dug up just a bit of dirt and earth just on the round and uh, just not probably not even a gravestone they probably can't even afford one it's yeah. just like a little cross and they'll be like i love that yeah another graveyard fact i know that just sprang to mind is how the term graveyard shift came to be and it's because it used to be someone's job to sit in the graveyard at a night time and they used to bury people with little bells because they'd often like bury people quickly who were still alive so if you woke up in a coffin you'd ring this little bell and someone who was above ground would be like oh fuck there's a bell and they'd dig you up mm. but and that's, that, the, that's, that's where, the graveyard shift but that's also where saved by the bell comes from oh is it yeah, because you oh. have the bell tied to your little finger or something, and you just sort of do that if you woke up in your coffin, because they yeah. just didn't know how to pronounce you dead. Yeah, <laughs> wild, isn't it? Absolutely wild. But yeah, yeah. I was in. Where was I the other day? Was the other day, the other week? I was in Stratford upon Avon, Shakespeare's birthplace. I went to see Shakespeare's grave. Very underwhelming. Um, really underwhelming. And then <laughs> what, did, what was you expecting? I just something a bit more grand. It was literally just a bit. He's in the church, so very important by the altar with his family. But it's just. It's just stone and like the writing's all blurred. They have to put little like um, signs up saying what it says. I'm like, oh, put some gold on it or something. Give the man a bit of, he put fucking England on the map. Well, he didn't, but like. It's quite, it's quite old. Yeah, that's the thing. I was walking through the um, cemetery and there were graves in there dating back to the 1700s. It was fucking, because I, I often think like you, when you go to graveyards, often 1800 is sort of the limit of what you see. Where the fuck is mm. everyone else? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. I've always Maybe wondered, what, where is everyone? 
but maybe it's got it's got to be I don't know it's got to be like the whole Edinburgh thing where there's just not enough rooms they're just digging over them or yeah probably and obviously there's like mass pits everywhere from like plague days and stuff but people people, like we were a civilized nation in the 10 hundreds where the where the fuck are their skeletons Mm. I'm sure sure there's an answer to this I'm sure there's an answer but I didn't do any research into it maybe I'll do that afterwards but I'm fascinated. It, There's got to be graves that is, somewhere. That is a good question. And like it to to keep it Halloweeny, right? And you mentioned the spiritual stuff at the beginning, so mm. I want to go there for a second. Whenever you hear ghost stories, or if I, I've been ghost hunting, right? Um, you you only ever find ghosts from like the Victorian era or from like uh the stewards. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. At the earliest, and yeah. you're like, where are all the ghosts from? Like that before then and in fact you yeah. might get some roman ghosts around your neck of the woods right oh um, yeah there's a story in birmingham of a roman legion that you can see walking down the street and you can only see them from their knees up yeah because, because the, the, road, the road would have been yeah, lower yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're like right okay but Everyone where are the cavemen where are the cavemen do, do you watch the series ghosts on bbc no really funny you'd enjoy it but yeah it's about this haunted house and like there's a there's a caveman ghost in that it's really funny yeah, yeah it, like, it's, it's it's rather quick, and also like modern ghosts. Where's the ghost in a bloke in joggers who just like fell down the stairs? Interesting point. Interesting point. Yeah, can you imagine? He's like he's still got an iPod, and then just be like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> a, a ghost, a ghost dressed in modern clothing would not be anywhere near as scary as like a Victorian one. I think Victorian ones are scary just because it was a fucking scary time, as we've just found out. Yeah, it, it's yeah. all ghosts are for some reason Victorian. It's weird. Mm. Maybe they don't exist. I don't know. But I, I really wanted to do a paranormal episode. And obviously I did the Warrens very early on. And I just, oh, I don't know. It's difficult to do, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is difficult. Because, you know, we're not about that. We have to keep it factual. We have to try and keep it factual. Maybe if the listeners want one, we can do a paranormal podcast. Yeah, just little little stories. Paranormal podcasts do do well. If you uh, If you would like us to do a paranormal podcast, uh, let us know, listeners, because, you know, arguably, we do have one prepped and ready to go. Do we? Yeah, Jenna and I's Paranormal Project. Oh, fuck yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's an option. Anyway, um, yeah. who do I have? So, next episode, so my Halloween episode that I um, was have started to write, and I need to crack on with it, uh, is on the Jersey Beast, or the Beast of Jersey. Why do I recognise this? I feel like you've mentioned it before. I've shown you his picture. Yeah, yeah, you have, you have, you have, you have, yeah. Genuinely terrifying. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, look forward to that. It's going to be a significantly shorter episode than I normally do. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) So look forward to Ryan's Halloween episode on December 25th and then our Christmas special (laughs) sometime in March. (laughs) That's so true. That's so true. Um, we're usually quite good around Christmas because we both find ourselves with not a lot to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, look forward to that. Uh, that that will be coming out next week. I've got to put my foot down and actually just get on with it. Um, so that will be coming out next week. Um, anything else? No, not really. I've got my graduation on Monday, uh, and then I'll come back. And then it's my birthday, so happy birthday to me. And then yeah. I'll start this new job. So yeah. I don't, I, you Excellent. said anything else I'm, I'm assuming you meant with the podcast and i just told you about my next fucking two-week plans but <laughs> but yeah um no yeah, nothing to do I, with the I, podcast 
no, I feel like we've, we've covered everything at the beginning. Um, so yeah, just the usual stuff. If you follow us on all the socials, uh, I have Instagram back now. I don't know if I mentioned that last episode. Um, mm-hmm. So if you would like to follow us, you can always do so. Um, that was a wild ride. Um, if you'd like to donate to the show, you can always do so on the Kofi page. And if you'd like to pick up some merch ready for Christmas, um, you can always do that on the merch store. And lastly, if you have any suggestions or ideas that you would like um, to go on the merch store, just send them our way. And I will try to either create something myself or commission someone else to do it on Fiverr. Also episode ideas. I love getting episode ideas because there's been so many times where I'm just sat looking at my laptop being like, what the fuck do I do? So please send in ideas. I literally have three tabs open on my uh, Chrome browser on my phone that have been there for months, like episode ideas from listeners. So yeah, they're ready it's, to go whenever I get time to do them. It's nice to get inspiration because obviously we're never going to run out of people, but sometimes there's too many people to choose from. And also there's the yeah, times yeah. where your mind just goes blank and you forget about everyone that ever existed. Mm, but not yeah. for sure. But yeah, let us know what works for you. More modern people, more history people. I'd, I'd, I'm easy. All right. All right, then. Oh, thank you very much for listening, everyone. And we will see you on the next one. Ta-ra. Bye.